0: Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. I'm good at other plants, but these ones, so Denise is going to help me. But thank you to the team back there who make everything happen, sound, words, Without you, it would be impossible. So thank you so much. Great team. And of course, the children's workers, they need a standing ovation. Thank you. So, how many of you are rugby fans? Do you even know what rugby is? So, please let's see the next picture. da 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 The South Africans won the World Cup rugby. I'm telling you, we were together yesterday, and it was so close. I mean, so close to where the guys had their heads. The players that were standing, sitting on the bench, had their shirts up like this. They couldn't look, and and it was so nice to have. Where's Ian? Is Ian here? He's the the game has evolved, and Ian knows how it's evolved. So we have to keep going. Why did they blow the whistle? Why did they do that? So, thank you, Ian. It's a good sport. I prefer rugby because they get on. Play hard and get off. Sorry, American football, you do one move, stop, and talk about the next move. Then you do another move, stop, talk about the next move. So I'm not, I'm South African, but I'm American. I'm actually African American. Hey, <laughs> okay, Larry, there's my brother. I tell people Africa is a continent, not a color. We are all family. Amen. So I'm so excited. I never thought that I would love to preach twice. When we were going to do two services, we were all like, but I love it because you get to iron out all your mistakes the second time. (laughs) Isn't that true? (laughs) So today I am going to be speaking on the other side of love. Not the easiest topic, but I think right now where we find ourselves one of the most essential as a body of Christ, as a nation, as a people. So, what do we mean by this? I'm going to ask all of you. I know I'm going to get all your hands raised, except mine. How many of you love confrontation? You live for it. You wake up in the morning and go, yes. No, none of us. How many of you like problems? But do you know why we have so many problems? Because we don't confront. So, we have the soft side of love and we have the hard side of love. And neither is right or wrong. They are both necessary in our Christian lives. And unfortunately, we have an imbalance of the Christian world right now is as long as you feel good and we're preaching good messages that leave you motivated. And, but where is the stuff where we're going to tell you the truth and love that's going to make you a better person? So that's what we're going to discuss today, and I hope this ministers to you and challenges you as much as it did me. So people either confront too quickly or they don't confront at all. How many of you have had people confront you and you've left feeling like you've been sliced, diced, and minced, and you're innocent? That's not the way to do it. How many of you have had confrontation where it's been lovingly done and you're a better person for it? That's what we're going to aim for today. So Galatians 1 verse 10, I love the scripture. It says, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people. And that's another issue. Unfortunately, we have more fear of people than we do of God. He says, but of God, if pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. I want you to know, having this job, and I don't call it a job because it's a life what we do is a life for me. But having this life, if it was to please people, we'd be doomed because you can't please all the people all the time. Correct. But I know as long as I'm doing what my almighty God has called me to do, irrespective of what man thinks, it is better to be left with nobody but God. You still have the best deal. If that's all you've got, everybody else is left, nobody else likes you, but you got God, you're on the winning side. Amen? Acts 5, 29. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than man. Sometimes that's so hard. And I just, I want to encourage you uh, when Rod and I, when God spoke to us, well, to Rod first, we were actually on sabbatical. We were never going to leave Cape Town, settle. We were winning the World Cup rugby then too. <laughs> and when God spoke to us to come here, I honestly, I didn't want to do it. Planting a church, we'd planted two from scratch. I was like, hey, I, I tell you, this is not bad in South Africa. I went, hell no. And I meant it because it is Hell. So I was leading the worship the one day, and the lyrics were, and I will go to the ends of the earth for you. And I heard Holy Spirit as loud as day go, you lie. (laughs) You know we lie the most when we sing? Just sing away. I hit my knees. It is better to be uncomfortable and in the will of God than comfortable and out of His will. So if it means being uncomfortable to follow him and people don't like it, rather do that. Amen? Your fear can destroy your life. You have to stop and pause there. If you have a fear of rejection or a a lot of people will say to us, we were born and raised in Zimbabwe, planted a church there, moved to South Africa, planted a church, came here. Rod and I did not leave out of fear. We left because God called us. You know why? Because if you're fearful in Zimbabwe and you leave because of fear, you're going to arrive on South African soil and you're going to be just as fearful. Then you're going to move to America and be even more fearful because the culture's so different. So deal with fear. It's not a geographical issue. It's an internal issue. Deal with the fear in your life. And you know that sometimes you can help people be free of something, if you just confront them and not allow them to keep on doing it, I I embrace confrontation if it's done in the correct way. Always do it lovingly, and you know I gave an example uh, in the previous service is that I didn't have a very good relationship with my father initially. The last five years, my dad got saved. I remember those years, I loved it, I loved my father. He was phenomenal in those five years. Up until that point, I lived in fear. I was fearful of him. Both my sister Dee and I were so fearful of my dad. When I reached the age of 40, and you can ask Rod, Mark and Rod would look at us girls when my dad was in a room and go, you're acting like you're 12. I would go back to the emotions of a 12 year old and feel this constant fear. But one day, I rose up and I told my dad, enough. And I mean, I was shaking inside. But from that day, everything changed. My relationship with him changed. I didn't have that fear anymore. I didn't care. My dad hated it if anybody wore a cap inside. My children wear caps inside all the time. So I said to him, dad, when you're in my house, my rules. I don't care if my kids do it. If they go to your house, your rules, tell them to take it off. So we have to be careful with all of this. Don't let fear dominate you. A few sentences of straight communication can solve so many problems. But we avoid it. For instance, I'm thinking, you're thinking what I'm thinking, you're not, you're not thinking at all. <laughs> How many of us do that? Or you get a thought, they're talking about me. So you go, and then they stop talking. Yep, they're talking about me. They don't like me. And so the movie goes. Then it's my birthday, and I find that they were organizing a surprise birthday party. But here in my mind, um, you don't like me. And people feel it. Let's just be honest. I've done that before. But what's your attitude is, Lisa, I could be wrong here. But were you talking about me? No, Val. We've got to be honest up front and be receptive and not wear your heart on the sleeve to where everybody's just so careful what they say to you. And you know that today's culture, I'm going to be talking about um, conflict, handling conflict the biblical way, but today's culture is trying to eliminate the one love. So we have the soft love, the hard love. Society today is trying to eliminate the hard love, and it's all soft. Oh, your child can do Anything. Little Johnny's so good at artwork. No, he's useless. I'm useless. And I don't mind. I mean, I can do modern art or um, what do they call it? Guess the picture. And I don't mind. But what we want to do is this child or this person is good at everything and gets an accolade for everything. Even when you're bad, oh, you're okay. You didn't mean it. Yes, you did. So can you see how the enemy is trying to destroy something that brings the balance that God wants us to walk in together? It's a marriage. Soft love, hard love, both work together. So we've had an occasion, my poor friend Maria, where are you, Maria? I don't want to point you out, but we, we had to, her and I, we both led the worship back when, and we had people that want to come in, and the sky. I can play the piano. So we're like, oh great, we need a pianist. He played the piano, we're like, is there anything else you can do? Because you certainly can't play the piano. That is hard love. No, so he decides, no, you can sing. So Maria and I look at each other, we're like, well, that's not your gift either, is there anything else you can do? Oh, he can play the bass, fretless. And he couldn't play that either, but his excuse was, I play in the spirit. I was like, well, then the spirit needs some lessons but hard love is not afraid to address. Listen, that's not your gift. Go for lessons and come back. And if you still don't pass, you're going to sit with Jerry in the front row who will never join the worship team. <laughs> that's just the way, they're things I'm not good at and it's okay. I don't want to be because then I've got to do it. Proverbs 13 verse 10. I don't like cooking anymore. Who likes cooking? I like eating. Who likes eating? <laughs> Woohoo! I don't like cooking anymore unless it's for special occasions, but I do like eating. Proverbs 13 verse 10, through pride and presumption comes nothing but strife, but wisdom with those who welcome well-advised counsel. If you are going to presume stuff and you start to talk it out, you're going to create nothing but strife. And it says there, wisdom is with those who welcome well-advised counsel. Don't be unteachable. One of the first attributes of pride is if you're unteachable and are not able to take correction. And I always say, if that is you and you are in a position, then you shouldn't be in that position. Moving right along. Many problems are caused because you go to someone else, which is called gossip, instead of going to that person. The scripture says, go to that person. If then in turn you can't resolve it, take another person. If then you can't, then you take it to the church. Amen? I love this quote. It's not who is right that counts, but what is right. This was my sister's, she created this, I think, and I ride on it. It's not who is right that counts. It's what's right, because you can both be right and both be wrong. Acts 15, verse 36 to 41, I love this. This is where Paul and Barnabas were together, and they were wanting to travel and take the gospel. And you have Paul going, no, I want to go take this person. And then you have Barnabas, no, 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 I want to take this person. So there's conflict, contention, and eventually they decide, well, you know what, I'm not budging. You're not budging. Let's go our own way. So to a lot of us, that would look like division, division but it actually wasn't. It was two people going their own way, walking a parallel line and still fulfilling what God called them to do. Can we do that without talking about people or making it a negative in the body of Christ? Let's read verse 39. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches. So here we have two different people going two different ways. And this is what I love about their reaction to disagreeing. Number one, both felt they were right, and both probably were. Number two is both continued in their respective ministries. The mission of God did not fail because of their disagreement. Very important you know that. And neither tried to prove the other wrong. That's what stands out to me is, hey, you fulfill the mission God's called you to. It's different to mine. I'm going to fulfill my. Listen, you guys, Ron and I have so many people coming to us. I have a ministry. I have a gift. I think you should do this, and I think we should do that. I'm not good. you got the vision. You do it. Oh, no. I'm not called to do that. You do what you're called to do, and we'll support and undergird you. I'm not asking you to do what I'm called to do. Let's be content in our lane without trying to tear the other one down and know that the puzzle pieces are all being put together to form the beautiful picture. Amen? So now I'm going to give you three things to do when you disagree with another believer. Number one, love demands that you do not sin. Ephesians 4:25 to 26. The scripture says, therefore, do you know that I'd spoken Missoula not so long ago, and I am an English scholar, and I have to tell you, it frustrates me in Scripture when they start a um, sentence with button and and put a comma where it shouldn't be, and so, where was I going with this? Therefore. It says, putting aside lying. How many of you know what therefore is therefore? I asked them, and hardly anybody knew. You've got to find out what it is there for. So whenever there's a therefore in Scripture, it is pulling something out and saying, take a harder look at. How many of you knew that? Well, you just had an English lesson. Therefore, so what is it therefore? Putting away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. So if you notice, God made us emotional beings. We have a spirit, we have a soul, we live in a body. He says, what does he say? Be angry. You can be angry. Just what you do with it makes it right or wrong. Do not sin. Number two, love demands that you keep a right attitude. 1 John 4, 10 and 11, it says, this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us first and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Since God not just loved us, so loved us, we ought to love one another. So if me, in my condition, he said, I don't care, come, why can't we do that to each other? Love sees beyond the action to the person beneath. If you remember anything, remember this. Their actions might be bad, but it doesn't make them a bad person. Always see beyond the action and see the person. 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 and 8, it says love is patient, love is kind, love rejoices in the truth, it always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, love never fails. So if you tell me you love me, it means you are going to protect me, trust me, love me, hope the best for me, correct? So we can't just talk the talk like the Pharisees, we've got to walk the walk. The third one, love demands that you seek reconciliation. This is a hard one because sometimes it's just not possible. Rod and I have been through a situation and we have tried every which way. And we just have to go, God, it's up to you. In Zimbabwe, we went through a situation that took 10 years for restoration and resolve. So that's why I love Romans 12, 18. If it is possible. Sometimes it's not. If it is possible, as far as it depends on who? The preachers, your leaders, your wife, your husband. You live at peace with everyone as far as possible. I'm going to read this quote. Love isn't always wonderful and flowery. We just want this wonderful, airy, fairy, flowery love in the church. And don't ever tell me what I do wrong. Don't ever correct me. Just esteem me. Build me up. Well, you're going to be a flaker. I always say the church is full of flakes. Granola bars. Do you know what a uh, Christian granola bar is? It's full of nuts, fruits, and flakes. (laughs) Not here. None here. (laughs) Love isn't always wonderful and flowery. It can be deep, dark, and persevering. It's about accepting the bad and the good. It's about everything we give, we get, and we forget, We all know the bright side of love as it shines luminously for all to see, but the other side of love can be a lonely place. And that's why I have called this, that's exactly what the message is, the other side of love. So now I'm going to show you how to confront in a godly way. And I think art brought something to my attention. So the first one I put here is timing. And the last one is praying. But I want to put praying, pray and timing together. Because often when you pray, you have an issue with someone. God actually shows you you're the problem and you don't need to go to that person. Sort your attitude out. Correct? Or, no, you go pray about this. Get on your knees and I'll sort it out. Other times you'd rather get on your knees and pray about it. And he's going, uh-uh, you go talk about it. I'm like, no, 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 I'll get on my knees. I'd rather do that. Make sure you hear what God says. Pray, and it's timing. The second one is find a neutral location. You don't do it in a public place. You don't do it over Facebook. Oh, it irritates me when people fight on Facebook. (laughs) Or on the phone. Eyeball to eyeball in a neutral, safe location. Number three, be specific. Be kind, but direct. Get to the point. I have to tell you, it's, <clears throat> this is something Ron and I have to work through, and I know it's something a lot of the congregation have to work through. If Ron and I phone someone in the church and we go, hi, we'd love to get together with you. Do you know what the first thing is that they think? What have we done wrong? All we want to do is be with you, but let me tell you, it works in reverse. Linda phoned me the one time. She said, "Bar, we need to see you, but we can only see you on Wednesday, and it was like Sunday. So eventually, we had... Wednesday Bible so I said, Linda, are you okay? She said, everything's fine. She just wanted to ask advice. (laughs) But you see how we, and I know Linda. I mean, honestly, we all know the general. If she wants to tell you something, she'll tell you. But you can see how the enemy works. Or if someone phones us, the first thing we think is, they're leaving the church. What have we done? So it works both ways. We've all got to, and that's why I say, Dee, can we get together? I just want a fellowship. Throw that in quick. Or she'll say to me, I need to see you. We're not leaving. It's, please. (laughs) I know my daughter, she's begging us to go and plant a church in Aspen. And I'm like, absolutely no. Rod and I planted three churches, lived in three countries. We're not moving again. Some of you can go. We're not going. Number three, give the person the benefit of the doubt and the time to process. Don't go in accusing. Go in with the attitude of humility. I could be wrong. Don't keep pushing. If you find it's going to end up in sparks, stop. Bring a third person in. Number six, forgive. And number seven, pray. So this is the biblical way to deal with conflict. And it's all from Matthew 18. Approach the person privately. Take one or two others along with you if that fails or bring it before the church with restoration in mind. Loving, healthy relationships need two things to flourish, the soft love and the hard love. Sunny side up and sunny side down. So let's get into it. I have put a lot of information on my slides. I don't usually do it because I want you to take pictures or because you need to take this back and do a self-evaluation. It has ministered to me so much and still does every time I look at it. So, the hard side of love means that you are being able to number one, you can set boundaries. You're a good boundary setter. Number two, you take responsibility for ourselves and not for others. Rod and I are responsible to you, not for you. You're responsible for yourself. I am not responsible for you to study the word and show yourself approved. What does scripture say? You do it. Number th- the next one is being able to say no. This is the hard side of love, is where you can say no. How many of you struggle to say no? Some struggle to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now I want you to understand: neither's right, neither's wrong. We need to be strong in all of them. Okay, make th- this, that you can make your own choices regardless of what others think. Um, the hard side is being able to defend yourself and being able to maintain our personal integrity. Let's look at the soft side of love. It's all about being open with others, feeling and expressing love, allowing ourselves to be vulnerable, healing past pain and releasing fears, surrendering and stepping into uncertainty. Some people, you wanna know everything before you go there, well, faith is. You don't see the full picture accepting what is. And I used this illustration before. Our son, Daniel, can push weights, and he will pump up big. But he can do whatever he likes to his little chicken legs, nothing's gonna happen. (laughs) So some of you, you can do what you like, it's not gonna change. If you have a size nine shoe, you can get born again, it's still gonna be size nine. (laughs) So that's accepting what is. And then the next one is letting go of control and detaching from outcomes. Some people are very, very, they find it hard to let go without knowing the outcome. They always want to know, well, what's going to happen if I let go? How are they going to do it? The soft side is all about trust, honesty, openness, unity, and agreement. A warm, peaceful, all-inclusive determination. That's the soft side. The hard side, let's get into this. The hard side is what, what enables us to separate identify and choose. You have choices. You don't have to do everything. The hard side says this is me and this is you. I don't have to be you. You don't have to be me. The next one is here is how far you can go. Some people need their space. It's I rejuvenate being in a crowd rejuvenates by having alone time. I respect that. I have to respect that there are times where Rod just needs downtime. I can still be, they call me the energy bunny. There's also, this is what I will not tolerate. That's the hard sign. I'm telling you, there are certain things we will not tolerate. We will not tolerate gossip. We will not tolerate slander. We will not tolerate bullying. None of it. We are ruthless when it comes to that. Also here is my territory, there is yours. You have to put boundaries. And then this one, this here is none of your business and that there is none of mine. We are such an inquisitive people and want to know everything. There's certain things you don't need to know. And if, some, if you ask someone and they go, it's, it's none of my business, stop there, don't push. Some people are very private about a lot of things. Respect that. But we want to know everything. Or what beats me is when people, their whole Facebook thing is we had this for lunch, this for dinner, this for tea, this. I'm like the whole world cares what you eat. Sorry for those that do it. <laughs> it. Puts me more interesting. These are not opposites. Being both hard and soft is not a contradiction. Being the one helps us with the other. If you have the hard side and lack the softness, here's the, where it's you need to work on it. So if you are hard and the hard side is easy, hard love is easy, you will be great at restricting yourself from others. You can isolate and be quite happy, all in your little mole hole. You can be out of touch with your own heart because you're so out of, out of fellowship in a sense. You are prone to trying to control the external life, circumstances, and other people. This can be the negative of the hard side. As long as everything is in control and you know how it's going to end up, you're fine. Inflexible and can end up feeling or being alone. So that's the hard side with lack of softness. He has the soft side without the hard side. You will be a wonderfully loving, caring, giving person. You'll be very warm, very open, and you will also be a doormat because you can never say no. The person who gets easily hurt, takes on too much responsibility for others, feels guilty, you're constant living in guilt, not doing enough should, shouldn't, permanently gives energy away and ends up totally depleted. So you can see the two extremes, whereas God's saying, I want you to take the hard I want you to take the soft and work them together. Both are about feeling safe in two completely different ways. The soft side of love, when we speak in the church, we're usually talking about kindness, gentleness, forgiveness, tenderness, acceptance. It's warm, it's embracing, and it's comfortable. The hard side, it's often uncomfortable for most of us. The hard side are the things of confrontation, accountability, consequences, truth, and discipline. And there are certain things that Rod and I have absolutes on. I won't go into them, but they are immovable. There are other things that we're like, hey, we can negotiate. Others are very comfortable with the hard side of love. They tell it like it is. You never have to wonder where they stand. I'm telling you, if you're with me, you never have to wa- wonder where you stand, Elisa. I'll even tell you if something's not nice, even if you didn't ask. We, were, Maria and I we went to Dave and Carol Capes, we went to South Africa, and they were having their 20th anniversary. And we went to Dillard's way back when, and we were looking at outfits, and no, no. So there's what I, who I think is Maria. Oh, heck no, that's hideous. And then the dress goes down and it's not Maria. <laughs> so I'm the kind of person, if you put one foot in it, you might as well just jump in and swim. So I went, well, sorry, lady, but it's still hideous. And then the daughter next to us is going, thank you, thank you. I'm like, why didn't you just tell her? So you don't ever have to wonder where you stand if you're around me. They are never afraid to speak a disagreeable word, as long as it's going to bring positive results. Strong in their convictions and purposeful. They hold others accountable. I am all about accountability. They hold others accountable. They believe in consequences and discipline. They seldom struggle at saying no, but some may struggle with the soft side of love, speaking the truth in a loving, kind, and respectful way. Always be loving, always be kind, always be respectful. God gives us that soft side and the hard side. And I'm going to quickly run through Scripture, Isaiah 40, verses 10 and 11. And you'll see the hard and the soft with God and Jesus, always together. So the sovereign Lord comes with power and his arm rules for him, hard love. Here's God, I am the ruler. Here's the soft love. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. Jesus ministered both times. John 810 to 11, you see the woman caught in the act of adultery. And what does Jesus say to her? Where are your accusers? She says, does no one condemn you? No, Lord, she replies. Soft side, neither do I. Right after that, hard side, go and sin no more. Do you see how you'll always find the two meshed together? I have one more, Matthew 16, verses 15 to 17. Here you'll see the soft love. He said to them, this is Simon Peter, to the disciples, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, I'm sure he was so proud of himself, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, soft side, Blessed are you, Simon Bojona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So carry on just a few verses down from that. This is what happens. From that time, Jesus began to show the disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things. But look what he said, that he needs to be killed. Verse 22, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. I mean, whoever (laughs) rebukes God or Jesus, heaven help you. But he did. Kudos to him for having the courage. And he says, far be it from you, Lord. This should never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, he has the hard love. What does he say? Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. Imagine if we said that to anybody, our kids, get behind me, Satan. (laughs) You get into trouble. (laughs) That's abuse. (laughs) children need discipline just as much as we do. Proverbs 3 verses 11 to 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be wary of his reproof, for the Lord reproves those whom he loves. If he is going to correct us, it's because he loves us. Amen? Amen. How to use the hard side of love in a healthy way, and I'm nearly done. Use it sparingly. No one wants to be confronted all the time. Number two, blend it with soft love. We have hard love, soft love. And Paul speaks of the road to maturity as speaking the truth in love. Be specific and stay focused. And Matthew 23, Jesus, I mean, he said all the harsh things to the Pharisees, but at all times we need a face and show love to whoever we're confronting. And then number four, sometimes hard love is the only thing left. You've tried everything else. So let me ask you, are you willing to run to the tension, or are you going to run away from it? Are you willing to love others enough to confront them gently, tenderly, kindly, and in love? When you do, it'll lead to a healthy and a joyful life. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. and if I can just ask you to come up, D, I'm going to finish with this. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. How many of you know that when you sharpen two blades, if you get those blades incorrect, it actually dulls and causes that knife not to function the way it should? That's what's happened in the body of Christ. We've had iron sharpening iron, but what it's done is it's cut, it's slandered, it's torn down. And God's saying we need to adjust that To we sharpen each other to where we take off those rough edges, take off the things that are hindering me so that I, in turn, can be a better person for it. Amen? I wish with everything in me, I could still discipline my children the way I used to. But I can't, because they're not in my house, and I'm not responsible for them. (laughs) And I shared in the last, um, in the first one, is that Ron and I had an incredible opening. We spoke to our daughter in Aspen for uh, an hour just this week, and they, our children really do have a call. All of them do. All your children do. All of you do. What is our call? The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon you to preach good news, to bring healing, to bring life, to bring hope. And our daughter Natalie was in emergency. She, was, she had her shift, and she, unbeknown to her, then in the room next door was one of her friends, girlfriends who had just commi- had committed suicide the night before. And it, she was just, it affected her. She was like, mom, there I am. I was at work the whole day and yet my friend is in a body bag next door. And I said to her, Natalie, you don't know. We don't know anybody's life. We don't know their struggles. We just look at the external and judge and criticize. We have to go in and be available 24-7. Father, who do I need to speak to? Who do I need to touch? And let's be his arms, his feet, his grace, his love, his mercy. Amen? So I'm going to ask you if you can just bow bow your heads. And those online, nice to have you online. And I'm just going to give you a few seconds to reflect. Where are you with soft love? Are you the Italian New Yorker who, <laughs> they have a hard edge. And it's okay if, you, if it's used correctly. Where are you with soft love? Where are you with hard love? Which one is in balance? Because both need to be equal and operation in our lives. So I pray, Father, that you can bring that balance for those that are afraid and people-pleasers and... Constantly riddled with guilt and the do's and the don'ts that they will rise up but then those that are harsh and hard and isolated that you will soften them soften our hearts and more than anything those that don't know you that they'll come to know you this morning and all you have to do is say Lord Jesus I surrender my life to you today I give you my heart be my Lord be my Savior take over my life And let me walk on the other side of love and reflect you well. Amen. I also feel there are some people here that you've really been hurt. And you've tried. And you've tried. And you've tried. And you know that hurt, forgiveness is not a feeling. It's a choice. Just because you feel the feelings doesn't mean you haven't forgiven. That just reminds you you're human. So for those of you that have been really hurt, really used, really abused, I want you to know the lover of our soul sees it and he's holding you today. Just keep looking up. Doesn't matter what people think, doesn't matter what people say, you know who you are and you know whose you are. That's all that counts. Amen. just know that He loves you, and let's love each other. Hard love, soft love. Amen. How many of you feel that you're okay with the hard love and struggle a bit with the soft love? How many of you feel too much soft love? I need to get a bit of... This is a a positive word, not a negative. So let's just go out there and let's bring the balance in this world where there's such an imbalance. Amen. Have a wonderful day. Please buy the leftover...